You're listening to the Energy Policy Podcast, a production of the Center for the New Energy Economy at Colorado State University. I'm your host, Tom Plant. And I'm your co-host, Jeff Ling. And this month, month of March, we're talking about energy productivity. We had a little introductory episode last week, and now we're going to dive a little deeper into one component of energy productivity, and that is demand response. Right. So we talked about at a high level, uh, increasing the productivity of our of our energy economy, uh, and one aspect of that is the concept of demand response, right? Reducing the demand for electricity, uh, particularly the demand for electricity during certain times of the day. And you can't really have a conversation about demand response, Tom, without talking about what's referred to as the duck curve. Yeah, we get it. we're going to talk about the duck curve. Before we talk about the duck curve, though, let's talk about what the alternative, what the traditional model is okay. of meeting peak demand. So you have you have a surge in demand. Maybe it's the, you know, uh, the afternoon in August. It's really hot. Everybody turns on their air conditioners. And so you have the surge in demand. And the traditional response by utilities is to build enough generation capacity to meet that highest point that highest peak of demand that they anticipate is going to happen. Now, it might only happen a few hours a year, but they build the generation in order to be able to meet that peak so that they can maintain reliability and maintain uh, the service. When we say a few hours a year, we might mean a couple hundred hours a year, right? Yeah. Out of 8,760 hours in a year, uh, a a single cycle uh, gas unit might be designed specifically to ramp up very quickly in a matter of of minutes to meet that peak load. For example, the afternoon air conditioning load that you were talking about. And, you know, to, to, to quantify this, the Demand Response uh, Smart Grid Coalition did a study and they estimated that 10 to 20 percent of electricity costs in the United States, the costs in the United States, are due to peak demand that only happens 100 hours per year. And that's because these are very expensive plants, right? They're not operating for most of the year. So all of their right. costs are, 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 you know, condensed into those 100 hours or so that they might be operating. So it's very expensive. So that's only four days worth of operation out of the entire year, just to put that into perspective, right? right. What we're paying for in order to meet this this peak, peak demand when everyone's wanting to use electricity at the same time, which typically happens in, in most markets uh, due to air conditioning loads, although there are some utilities that peak in the wintertime. Um, and in general, I think what, what we see around the country, again, this duck curve concept is a morning peak, right? Uh, you, everyone wakes up around the same time. They turn on their stove and microwave and, you know, lights. There's a morning peak. Uh, that's part of the duck curve. That's sort of the, the body of the profile of a duck sideways. It's sort of that first peak. And then a much larger afternoon peak around 3 to 7 p.m. Sort of think of the neck and the head of a duck, again, looking at that profile, uh, when people are returning back home uh, you know, cooling down their homes, again, turning on appliances and lights. And so how do we, what are the public policies, what are the technologies that address those those peaks, those what are sometimes referred to as needle peaks, Tom, that might happen in like a 15-minute interval from, um, a, you know, high, very high air conditioning loads. Right. So uh, the traditional method of a utility is to crank on these uh, Turn on new generation peaker units and provide some power really quick, just like that. 
But what has developed uh, recently is uh, this, this uh, approach called demand response, which, in, which just says, instead of providing more supply, let's try and reduce or shift the demand to times when there isn't so much demand so that we can meet that demand with our existing resources. Exactly, and I, and I think uh, demand response or DR really comes in two flavors, right? You've got the shifting that you just mentioned, where you're shifting a, a uh, electricity demand uh, to a different time of the day. So a classic example might be uh, running a dish or a uh, clothes washer. You might not need to wash your clothes at exactly three or four o'clock in the afternoon, but with smart appliances and with time of use pricing, uh, consumers and the appliances that are sort of tied to grid pricing, time of use pricing, could shift that load to a different time of the day at night or, or middle of the day when power is less expensive. And I think, you, you know, you brought up a, a really important point there because some of this, uh, the application of some of these techniques and some of these approaches relies upon a certain amount of intelligent infrastructure being in place and in many places that's not the case right now so as we when we move into more consideration of policy and we see you know uh, policies that are looking to expand advanced metering infrastructure or uh, incentives for smart appliances or various things like that it's not just to get that metering you know intelligence out there it's so that you can actually activate some of these cost-saving uh, technologies so it's a great point. It's hardware plus pricing, right? So it's right. time of use pricing that incorporates this differential in the cost of generating power during these peak times of day. And you can and imagine, as we've talked about, people don't think about this a lot, right? So it's not that somebody's going to say, oh, I'm not going to run my, you know, my clothes washer <laughs> at four o'clock because the utility really needs, you know, they're not going to God think bless you if you are thinking <laughs> like that. They're not going to think that, but they might have an intelligent uh, meter, and they might say, "I want to uh, use my energy in such a way that I save the most money." So not only at the meter, but the uh, Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers (AHAM) is actually doing a lot of work on this to build smart appliances that know what the utility rate is during a given time of the day and will say, do you really want to wash your clothes right now because it's more expensive? Right. So shifting via automation of technology in addition to pricing. Yeah. So that's shifting, uh, that's load shifting, but there's also load reduction as right. a form of demand response, right? So literally using less and then not making up that task later. Um, a classic example of load reduction are utility programs that cycle air conditioners off at certain times of the day. Uh, here in Colorado, that's known as the Saver Switch program that Excel Energy offers. And this is a deal with consumers where uh, during control days, and the utility sort of defines what a control day is where they're expecting very high peaks, uh, the, the agreement is that the utility is uh, able to cycle an air conditioner, your air conditioner off for a 15 minute interval uh, when when they need to sort of shed some of that load, uh, and in exchange, consumers get a rebate. So it's it's re a reduction of the load during that uh, peak time. Yeah, and then uh, you know, sort of a larger scale example of this is um, is are, are companies that have a contract with the utility or with a um, you know a regional um, load balancing entity mm -hmm. to provide this kind of service 
and they get paid basically on contract to have dispatchable um, demand response at any time. They can go out and, you know, it might not be, you know, this these air conditioners shut down for 15 minutes, but it might be even 10 second shifts in uh, in the use of demand across millions of customers, right? So you you make it so that it's 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 not noticeable to the customer, but to the system, it's got a tremendous impact. And generally, they will actually compensate the customer uh, for participation in that kind of a demand response program. And it's that dispatchability, right, Tom? That that in aggregate makes those DR programs like uh, like these vendors that you're talking about that can automate building controls, that can shed load uh, across a number of different customers, hundreds of customers, thousands at the same time to the grid, that looks a lot like a natural gas plant ramping up really quickly, right? So it's, exactly. it's the same thing if you're sort of looking at the uh, grid demand, you know, within the control room, but coming from two very different places. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, what are some of the advantages of demand response over that traditional supply side strategy? Number one, um, it reduces the congestion that you might have in your transmission and distribution system. If you're adding more generation, then that has to go through your distribution system, through your transmission system that might already have uh, high congestion or it might already be at capacity. And so it reduces that impact. And, um, you know, also reducing the capital expenditures that are associated with those generation plants and also any associated upgrades to that transmission infrastructure that you need to do because... The avoided cost of right. building new infrastructure to serve those needle peak loads that happen again, you right. know, four, four days a year. Exactly. In, the, in, in aggregate, four days a year. And what's that impact? The impact is lower cost for the customer, right? So it's cheaper, ultimately. Um, reduced pollution, obviously. Yeah, there's no question in environmental benefit, right? If we're, if we're shedding uh, energy demand uh, versus uh, running a fossil fuel plant, then uh, to the extent those fossil plants run less, there's clearly... Uh, greenhouse gas emission, there's an environmental uh, benefit to demand response. Absolutely. And then finally, you know, the ability to target specific component, specific regional places within the grid. So you might have a, a peak or problem or a congestion problem in one specific part of your grid. And if you can deploy um, a demand response program in that portion of the grid, you can take care of that problem without having to... Address it surgically rather exactly. than just building uh, generation to serve the entire grid. Exactly. So that's a, a, a quick discussion of demand response as our energy productivity uh, technique or technology of the week. Tune in next week and we'll continue this conversation around energy productivity on the Energy Policy Podcast. And this is a production of the Center for the New Energy Economy at Colorado State University. I'm your host, Tom Plant. I'm your co-host, Jeff Ling. Thanks a lot for listening.